Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, what is happening, party people? Man, it has been a while since we have done a solo run. So uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's get this party started. Welcome, all of you, to Talking During Movies. This episode of Talking During Movies is brought to you by the wonderful people at Colorblind Design. Find them on Instagram at colorblind.design. Find them on the web, colorblinddesign.net. Search them, look for the six-pack tactical, the, the tactical six-pack carrier. It's my favorite. I've got a custom one done with our logo on it. It's absolutely amazing. I, I, I cannot, cannot say enough about the wonderful people at Colorblind Design and um, all the stuff they've done for me and for this podcast. And this podcast is also brought to you by my friend, Vanessa who just came back from Montana. And what did she bring with her? That's right, she brought me back a whole bunch of beer. And one of those beers she brought me back was the Shake-A-Day Indian Pale Ale from Big Sky Brewing Company. Now, if y'all don't know what Shake-A-Day is, let me tell you, Shake-A-Day is legit. It's awesome, it's fun, it's amazing. You've gotta, I mean, so basically, here's what Shake-A-Day is. You go into a bar in Montana, you're like, I'd like to play Shake-A-Day. I think you pay $3 and you get, three shakes and if you get all sixes then you win the pot and it's just dude it's so much fun i mean this is what bars are built for this is this is the whole momentum behind the bars it's absolutely amazing man i uh i, I love it i love me a good shake a day more importantly i love me a good ipa they're so delicious so good and so good for you i mean just full of hops and barley and flavor you know, Guy Fieri talks about Flavor Town a lot, but let me tell you, this is Flavor Town. So let's crack this open and let's get this party started. So this is a solo one. Uh, we got the headset in, got the kid going to sleep. We're at the house, no fancy bar, no producer Matt. For those of you joining me, let me uh, let me give you the premise here. My earphones are falling out of my head. We're gonna make the best of it, folks. So here's the premise talking during movies. I watch a film and it's on mute. Sometimes I've got a guest and sometimes I'm by myself. Today, I'm by myself. So I'm gonna watch this movie with no sound that I've seen before, allegedly, and I'm gonna go through and I'm just gonna make some comments and I'm gonna find some other things to pull from it for sure. So uh, we're in the Fred Ward series. And if you don't know who Fred Ward is, Fred Ward is an American icon and uh, you know, I. 
I always liked Fred Ward. I always found him to be fun, entertaining. I mean, he's done some epic movies. We did Tremors with Deb O'Keefe. Kind of did Tremors. Deb and I more just bumped our gums. It was an awesome experience. I got to hold on. Let me take a drink of the shake today, real quick. Just hold on for un momento, por favor. Hello, so the chico de Oh, that's delicious. That is so good. It's perfect temperature. We're set up for success. So anyway, so we're the Fred Ward series, if you will. And this series is uh, is all, all about nothing but Fred Ward movies. And we're just kind of going over some of my favorite Fred Ward movies, right? And uh, a couple of these. So we did Tremors. We've got Tremors 2 coming up, uh, the sequel. We're going to do Time Rider. Uh, and Remo Williams, and today we're doing Remo Williams, if I can pull up a good stream from Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins from 1985. So let me tell you real quick, I said so like four times, I apologize, man. Just got done playing basketball, I'm rolling in, and I'll be honest with you guys, so I was a little apprehensive, right? Uh, I've been a little apprehensive on trying to um, to get these, uh, get these podcasts out. And what I mean by that is um, we just, you know, doing them solo right it was it was just it was tough man it was really tough and so you know I was um, I don't know man I was kind of at a loss right I was just at a little bit of a loss and then boom I, I just I felt like I wasn't in my groove man like I didn't have anything to offer you guys I just want to talk for two hours just to talk for two hours right I really I want to make these entertaining and special and insightful and and, and have something to say and my lack of ego kind of got the best of me and um, you know anyways so I paused on these on these solo ones I need to get back into them so I appreciate your patience I appreciate your support in reaching out and telling me hey where are the solo ones back thank you all very much you can always reach out to us um, email talking during movies podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram just message me at talking during movies I don't necessarily need the messages where the gal asks if I'm single or if I like love long, long time. None of that, right? We're going to go with instead just regular, regular outreach where you just come to me and you're like, hey, man, what's up? And you're just like, oh, nothing. What are you up to? I need those, right? I need those kind of things going on. But that said, Fred Ward, Remo Williams. Now, if you know about this, I mean, this is one, this is iconic. This is iconic 80s. You gotta, you gotta think back, 1985, right? Ronald Reagan's president, he's in his second term. Uh, we've, we've got this air of arrogance around us that some people call nostalgia. And Remo Williams is supposed to be this building block for this series where a, a cop, Fred Ward, is uh, looked to be dead, but instead he's revived and taken back and then trained by a, by a martial arts master. And this guy is like the skinny, um, shitty attitude version of Mr. Miyagi, right? So that, that, that's that's kind of the premise. And then you get you got to go through the training. He rebuilds his life. Blah blah blah. He's always in sweatpants. It's it's a very interesting film. We're gonna go. We're gonna break down the whole thing. But let's go back to 1985 really quick and let's think about what is going on. I mean, what what are the big things happening in 1985 that really you know, kind of make this movie what it is today, right? So, I mean, you, just, you know, the key moments of 1985, right? I mean, we have, you know, what were the major events in pop culture in 1985? And this really is going to set the stage for 
for everything. So first of all, let's as as we're, we're getting into the intro uh, of Remo Williams, let me just do it. I haven't done a count in a while, right? So we're at two minutes and 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Fun fact, Dick Clark, the man who does all the law and orders, dun, 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 dun. he is the executive producer of this movie. So there you go. So there's your fun fact of the day. And now let's break down 1985, right? So listen, in 1985, you're looking at interest rates are at 10.75% on average, right? 10.75%. We're at 3% right now. So just think about that. I mean, it's average monthly rent. Are you ready? Hang on, folks. Hang on. Do you have something? Sit down. Especially people in Austin, LA, New York. Average monthly rent was $375. $375. Are you kidding me? A gallon of gas, $1.88. I mean, come on, man. You know, U.S. postage, still cheap. Average movie ticket, dude, $2.75. Let's go see this movie, right? More people, go see this movie. But the average income was $22,000 a year. I mean, there's still people living on $22,000. So it's, um, listen, man, with the beanbag lounge chair was huge at the time. Uh, and this is a time when, when we're really, we're in, we're in conflict. We are, we don't know what's going on or what's happening. We are torn between so many things, right? You know, Fred Ward, slicked back hair. He's doing his stakeout. He's got a great mustache. Good for you, Fred Ward, just eating that junk. But let's let's really let's look at what, what's going on here. You know, you had Live Aid, which I don't know if you guys remember Live Aid. Live Aid was amazing. It was this concert that, that was held in uh, July 1985. It was this huge rock concert to uh, to famine relief um, around the world and in Ethiopia. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, the TV broadcast was worldwide estimated 1 billion viewers in 110 countries. This might be the only thing that makes Joe Rogan's podcast seem small, right? Is Live Aid. Fuck. It took a global effort to try to dwarf Joe Rogan's numbers. Think about that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. You know, you got to look at the people who are performing at Live Aid. B.B. King, Bob Dylan, Cher, David Bowie, Duran Duran, Elton John, Hall & Oates, Lionel Richie, Madonna, Paul McCartney, Queen, Run DMC, hang on, champ, and U2. And they're still, you know, allegedly, U2 still performing and they're forcing, um, forcing their music on, on iPhones still. So it's crazy. Hold on, drink time. Mm -hmm. Gosh, this shake it is so good. It reminds me a little bit of a, of a Fire Eagle by, um, by Austin Beer Works up here. However, not as sweet. One of the greatest faux pas to happen in 1985, quite simply, New Coke. All right, so, so think about this. We have so much stuff going on, right? So much stuff going on. You have famine, Live Aid, you've got all of those things happening. You've got great action movies. Some of the greatest action movies of all time are happening. And then trying to catch this wave, right, is is, is Coca-Cola with new Coke, right? And you, I mean, think about this, 1985. Sorry, folks, I'm typing and doing this here. But, you know, we have, you, we're gonna go down these movies too that, that, that competed with the talent of Fred Ward. 
Fred Ward is trying to fight these street punks and he is getting beat up, man. He's a he's not a beat cop, but he's a cop and he's just taking a lick and he keeps on ticking. Man, he's getting two kids just kicking the crap out of him until he does a double, double fist to the groin. Not just one, but a double fist. That guy's still up fighting. Ooh, now he's got a board. He's breaking noses. He's striking poses. This man, I mean, he kind of, he's just a bruiser of a fighter. There's no elegance. There's no grace to this at all. It's just the way it is. And now there's a man with a knife. What's up? You want to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Because the pale moonlight, man, it's got a knife, son. A switchy blade. Fred Ward's not taking that shit. He's going to fuck him up. That's how Fred Ward does it. But it looks really... The way this is breaking down, man. Fred Ward's got to learn how to knock people out. Or at least break an arm. Dude, break that arm. Stop kicking him in the ribs. For crying out loud. Uh-oh. What's up now, Fred? What do you see with that cockeyed face? Ooh, this guy's trying to escape. He's trying to get away. I have a feeling... Eh, a step on his hand. Ooh, the step on the hand move. Oof. And a refrigerator to the face. Homeboy is out. He is D-U-N done. All right, so New Coke. New Coke was, a, was, a, was, a, was one of the greatest failures of all time. So in this, in this moment of prosperity, in this rebounding economy, in this, in this action movie generation where we are just, we're going balls deep in, we're like, you can do it. You can be rebuilt. You can. Re I mean, we are we are drinking the American dream, and then there is. You cannot imagine, imagine unless you lived in that time. I mean, we people are wearing T-shirts to say Ollie North for president. I mean, listen, this is just that's probably not eighty-five. That's a little. That's a little early. Is it early? That's that's about that time. But in all of this success, I mean, it seems like you could do nothing wrong if you were American. Nothing wrong, unless you're Coca-Cola and you came out with new Coke, right? But in, you know, in the in the failure of New Coke, also came the the lifeline and the love that is Calvin and Hobbes was launched in '85, right? Uh, Route 66 was removed from the United States highway system. It was just taken away. You know, um, we got Nintendo in 1985. It releases the NES in North America. Uh, it made one of the greatest gaming systems of all times. You know, beating out wonderful. You know, uh, Michael Jordan, Rookie of the Year. Right? The great Michael Jordan, 1985. Fred Ward just went into the drink. This is all about the beatdown of Fred Ward. This is all about how Fred Ward is torn down so he can be built up again. And this is very idealistic of, of where we were at as a country, right? We really felt like through the 70s and, and the first term of Reagan in the 80s, we were just trying to build ourselves back. We had got kicked down. We were out of Vietnam. We've got a horrible economy. The oil crisis. The embargoes, everything's going on. I mean, what do we have, man? We got nothing. And then Reagan swoops in and allegedly he is here to cheer and bring us back. And after 84 and 85, man, we're, we're drinking the Kool-Aid. We're coming back. Interest rates are coming down a little bit. The economy's going up a little bit. And we got Michael Jordan, Rookie of the Year, the color purple. I mean, come on, instant classic. 1985 is full of nothing, nothing but gems. I mean, real life gems. Pleated pants were in for the fellas. Fingerless gloves. You know those fingerless gloves and you pull the mitten over the top? That's for the ladies. That's 1985. It's great. I mean, this is what it's all about. Some of the best toys came out in 1985. You had cool, fun Wayne Gretzky hockey sets, man. You had GoBots. Remember GoBots? 
How about the Autobot radio communicator that was a real radio? Yeah. How about that, man? How about Wuzzies? Remember Wuzzies before Care Bears or Cabbage Patch Cusses? Huh? Remember those? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. GoBots and Autobots, man. I mean, it was all around. The Fisher-Price Kodak camera with flash and film. These are the things that kids were getting into. You know, other key events. I mean, in case you're just wondering, right? Mexico City had an 8.1 earthquake, just destroyed the city, you know? Um, on June 1st, right? 500 hippie travelers clashed with police at Stonehenge. <laughs> uh, TWA flight 847 was hijacked by the Hezbollah. Not a good day. You know, um, Italian terrorism attacks happened. There was British coal miner strike. And well, this is a time when coal was pretty cool, right? The Unabomber kills his first victim in 1985. His first victim. So one of the funny things is, is you know, Fred Ward, this young man, we just saw his funeral. However, there he is. He's in bed. Yeah. We're going to call him Remo Williams. You know what? You know where we got the name Remo Williams? Is anyone wondering? If you, if you haven't seen the movie and you're just listening to the podcast, they got it off of a bedpan. How? I mean... The, bed, the, the shit and piss holder, because you can't get out of bed. The shit and piss holder, the bedpan. That's where they got his name. It's Williams and Remo Company, I believe. But that's where they got his name. How fun is that, huh? It's crazy, right? New York Stock Exchange closed for the day because of Hurricane Gloria. I'm just going to keep rattling some of this stuff off, right? Insurance companies have been screaming for AIDS for life insurance, causing an outcry for civil liberties groups. I mean, AIDS was a big deal, a big, big deal in 1985. Like now, man, people treat AIDS like it's like, oh, no one gets it. I mean, this, this was going to be the end of AIDS was going to be the end of the human race. This is this is why these movies in 85 were so pivotal. These building you back, these 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 taking these health. I mean, this is like. It's not, the, it's not the first health movement by any stretch of the imagination, but what it is and what it does that's fascinating is that in depravity, there's, there's all, you know, in, in depression and this, in this fear and everything that's happening, what else do you get, man? That's right. You get these, 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 these movies that aren't apocalyptic, but instead it's just like, yeah, something bad happened, but something greater is going to happen. We're going to build heroes. We're going to remake heroes. We're going to do all sorts of stuff, man. Oh, the guy, the guy from Die Hard, the cop from Die Hard, he's got a bit role in this. I just saw him. He was an ambulance driver. Remo just uh, stole his ambulance, right? Um, pa, Mafia boss Paul Costello shot, uh, was shot on the orders of John Gotti, Teflon Don. There was, uh, there's, you know, Angola, in, well, South Africa invades Angola. Let's see. So here are big movies. And now and when I'm talking about these themes, I'm talking about what's going on in this country, right? And all these crazy good things, all these crazy bad things that are happening in the world and how movies can kind of be that momentum, that movement that drives you through. Think about this. Hold on. Let me take a drink. And we're going to Remo, by the way, tried to get out. And the, uh, the gentleman who keeps trying to recruit him, uh, he was already hiding in the ambulance. Uh, Remo's got to get a suit that fits him. He was already hiding in the ambulance and he's waiting for him to pull over. They're going into the National Bank of the United States. Come on in, buddy. Come on in. This is called the secret passageway. Get in there. Hold on. Cocktail time. Mm-hmm. This is where the training, the education and training begins. 
All right, so outside of Remo Williams, let's look at some popular, popular movies. Back to the Future, right? Going back to right the wrongs of what had happened so that the future can be better. Rambo, First Blood Part Two, Rocky, Four, The Color Purple, Out of Africa, Cocoon, How Can You Stay Younger, Longer, right? So you can enjoy life better. Police Academy Two, A View to a Kill. I mean, a James Bond film? Come on now. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Hey Mel Gibson, what's up? Before he was yelling at his wife to blow him in the hot tub and blaming the Jewish community for everything, he was Mad Max, right? And then because of you to a kill was so awesome, guess what else came out? Let's look at some music. Duran Duran, Simple Minds, Madonna, Crazy For You, Bruce Springs, Dire Straits, Money For Nothing? Come on, man, if you don't know that song, you stop this podcast right now and you go check it out, okay? You go check it out. The Cure, David Bowie, Phil Collins, Aid for Africa, this song, We Are the World. Now I gotta tell you a story now, okay? We got simple minds. Let me tell you a story. So it's 1985. I'm in Whitefish, Montana, and I'm going to Whitefish Middle School. Uh, I am in the uh, the fifth grade, I believe. Fifth grade or sixth grade, something like that. Maybe, maybe the sixth grade. But, um, I'm at, I'm at this new school, and we've got this talent show. I think I'm in the sixth grade. We got this talent show, and that you know, with the We Are the World, it's all these musicians that came together. We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. There's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. It's you to make a brighter day. So let's keep on, you know, rocking and rolling. Right? That's not the end. But anyways, <clears throat> my love for Huey Lewis and the News started when I bought my first tape, which was sports, Huey Lewis in the News. And my mom was addicted to so many painkillers and drugs, and I would play in the house. I want a new drug for my mom. And I also play the Heart of Rock and Roll and uh, and a couple other songs. But those were the two big ones. Front, front uh, first song on, bo on both sides of sports album. But in that We Are the World, I got asked to be in the talent show and lip sync. And my part was to be Huey Lewis. So I gotta wear the jean jacket, I gotta pop the collar up, I gotta, you know, I gotta wear a black t-shirt. And you have to understand, like this was a major move for me. I gotta wear a jean jacket and a black t-shirt like Huey Lewis did because my mom was into this like color science. And that means she would take this bright light, she'd shine on your eye and she'd like break all this stuff down. She'd be like, okay, you're, you're, you've got two of the four seasons in you, right? So you got summer, fall, winter, and spring and you can be like a winter summer or you can bring a fall spring or you can bring a you know it's got it's got all these weird breakdowns and my mom was like oh you're a fall and fall is like all the fall colors oranges browns tans no black no real blues if it wears some weird off earth tone blues some fucked up gross color right so I, I dressed, I mean, I was dressed like an Indiana Jones character, you know, khakis and a green shirt all the time. It was like shitty camouflage, like two blotches. It was absolutely atrocious, fucking horrible, right? But this one moment, this, well, this one time, I got to wear a shirt that wasn't off the color wheel, that instead was just a shirt, and it was black. And I got a lip sync Huey Lewis in the news, man, for We Are the World. It was one of the one of the greatest greatest moments uh, of my time of my life when I was a kid. And I was so nervous, and I didn't know the I didn't know what was going on, and I was just scared, man. I was I'd never been in front of I didn't know kids that well. I wasn't good socially, 
I was a little outlandish and, you know, and I just, I froze during the practices, but man, when it came time to do it on stage, bam, I did it. I did it. So anyway, so there you go. There's that. A uh, little technology for you technology buffs that are out there in case you're wondering what's happening. In 1985, if you're like looking at your iPhone, think about this. All right. The first dot com domain name, symbolics.com, is registered by the Symbolics Corporation. However, EDU domains for educational institutions still were the predominant over commercial. So EDU was still really, you know, the sharing of information was still big. And, and why that's crucial if you want to take a step back and where we're at today in the internet, right? We, we went from this democratized sharing information, sharing search, sharing stuff to, you know, Google has a knowledge graph, which means that when you start typing something in, it auto-completes for you. My sometimes co-host, Jason Dick, dear friend of mine, love him to death. Dick, man, I miss you so much. Deb O'Keefe, been on the podcast a couple times. Can't wait to have her back again. They have a game, you know, Google game, you auto-complete me. Oh, Google, show me your search results, right? Well, this is it. That's a knowledge graph. And, and it seems neat, but it takes the democracy of search away. So now Google is funneling you to their top 1%. You know, we, we sit here in, in the world today and we're, we're complaining about the 1% controlling everything. Well, the 1% of the 100%, of the you're not getting 99% of what Google has because Google doesn't want to show you that. Google wants to show you what they want to show you. They want to sculpt your mind and sculpt the way you see things. They want to efficiently nudge you in directions. And so they will auto-complete. You're like, man, Google's so smart. Google's not that smart. You're that dumb. You're letting Google figure something out for you. And when it does that, it only shows you the results it wants to show you. And that's terrifying, right? So that and, the, and and so what's the solution here? Well, blockchain is one of the key solutions, right? Blockchain is is one of the one of the key key solutions that that will once again democratize search by the way that community can engage and do things. Uh, before we get too far down this road on technology, let me just let you know, Remo, named after a bedpan, Williams, is um, is in this house with this old. I'm going to say Chinese guy, but I'm not sure, right? Older Chinese gentleman, and he is he's searching the house, and he's wondering what's going on. He's got his gun out, and he is, he is ready. He's cocked and loaded, and he's ready to fight this guy. Like, he's just, and the guy is so calm. I mean, this is the beautiful thing. You know, you hear people talk about martial arts and composure. Like, you walk into a bar, and it's not that you want to fight, but you know if there is a fight, you have a legitimate chance to protect yourself. And this gentleman is so good at what he does, he has a very legitimate chance of protecting himself, even against a person with a gun, because that's how the movies work, right? It's just exactly how they work. So he is calmly sitting down, he's doing some calligraphy, he's, he's, a, he's a sweet old man. He's also just mean as shit. I mean, I say he's sweet because the sound's off, but he says some mean shit to Remo. A man named after a bedpan. Let's just not forget that part, that the bedpan is a real thing. I think I'm going to make a note when I launch this that one of the things we got to show is the Remo Williams bedpan because that's just, I mean, come on, man. Let's see if we can. Now, here's the best part. He's got a gun. He's going to, he's like, go ahead and shoot. Boom. He just moves. He's like, you can't shoot me. I'm just going to, boom. He's got to go center mass. And he's go. Oh, look, he's just, He's dodging bullets. I mean, this dude can dodge bullets, right? He just knows he can hear his finger 
He's so in tune with everything that's going on. He just knows. And he's just guiding. He's just coming in like a cobra. Now it's closer. Uh-oh. Now he is shot up the whole house. Boom. And Lilo doesn't know what to do. And now he's going to take the gun from him. And boom, boom, boom. The bullets are. I always love that move, right? When they just click it out. And then they get it. And they're like, and there you go. So let me take your gun away. Now what are you going to do? Swing and miss. Right? It's controlling. I mean, this guy is like Mr. Miyagi met Steven Seagal and then uh, had the attitude of an angry Chuck Norris or Bruce Lee. With the air, well, actually, an angry Chuck Norris with the arrogance of Bruce Lee. How about put it that way? Probably going to piss Bruce Lee's daughter off. Sorry, but listen, man, the motherfucker seem angry. Arrogant is all hell. That's all I'm going to say, man. So here we go. Microsoft Corporation releases their first version of Windows. That's when the whole shitstorm started. Switzerland is the first company to, um, to bring into law Cadillac converters. And guess what else comes? You guys aren't gonna remember these because you're back into digital, but it's, uh, that's right, it's um, compact disks. And Space Shuttle Atlantis is launched. The UK is screening blood donations for AIDS, and British scientists discover a hole in the Earth's ozone. And whatever happened to that? You guys missed this, right? There's like a whole, there, we had two things going on around 85, right? We had acid rain and we had a hole in the ozone. And I mean, this was going to be the end of the world, man. Acid rain was going to destroy all of our great monuments. In fact, people believe that acid rain was destroying uh, all the great architecture in Egypt. All of this acid rain that was coming down, they're just like, it's destroying everything. What do we do about acid rain? You don't hear about acid rain anymore, right? There's no acid rain. There's nothing else going on. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely crazy. You know, um, it's just, it's just so weird. Oh, geez, man. Freaking Alexa, I tell you. So, you know, acid rain's there, or is it, right? Or, or is it? <laughs> we don't know, man. But you've got a hole in the ozone layer. Where's that? Where's that hole? What's going on? Uh, and what happened to the hole? How do we rebuild it? Can we rebuild it? Like science doesn't know, right? I mean, it's just, it's so, so weird. You know, it's just, think about if you're me and you're a kid and you're living through this, and I, I mean, it's the end of the world, right? There's nothing, nothing that can happen. Nothing. Because we've got acid rain, we got a hole in the ozone, we've got all these problems. We got nuclear proliferation. We've got everything happening. And what? What are we gonna do? Man, we're not gonna do anything, right? It's just it's absolutely freaking crazy. And yet somehow, in all of this chaos and everything, bringing it full circle back to this, right? In all of this chaos and everything that was going on, we still watched these movies. And these movies brought us back, right? They just brought us back, man. They brought us back. It was so crazy. Um, it was just was out of control. It's so funny. I'm uh, I'm looking through these at 1985 things, and there's and there's uh, Huey Lewis in the news. Man, power love. It's a mysterious thing. And yes, it is. Aha! Uh -huh, take on me. I mean, what a great video. Half cartoon, half real. 
I mean, there's just, there's nothing but St. Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion. Uh, I mean, listen, if you don't know John Parr, St. Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion, once again, you stop this podcast right now. And, and I want you to drink some, some lighter fluid. I'm kidding. I want you to listen to Man on Fire. All right. Everybody wants to rule the world. Tears for, I mean, this is such an epic, epic year for, for music. Rock Me Amadeus. Rock Me Amadeus. Careless Whispers by Wham. I mean, come on, man. I mean, Take On Me. We already talked about that. I Feel You. Shaka Khan. Shaka, shaka, shaka Khan. Uh, this is just yummy. The Broken Wings by Mr. Mr. Take. Oh, these broken wings. Miami Vice theme song by, by Jan Hama. Come on, man. I mean, this is this was inspirational and crazy music for sure. Always. Nothing but. I mean, this is just when the world is handing you a shit sandwich, you know what you do? You make dope music and you fight back. Now, well, Remo Williams is on. One of the things that they believe hurt Remo Williams, right, is that back in the day, you could put a movie on television after it was out in the theaters for a little bit. You could put a movie on television and uh, and Remo Williams was supposed to go on. And what happened was his Reagan ran, ran long in this um, in this national address. And in, in, in this national address and in, in doing stuff, he, uh, he went long and they didn't go to Remo, right? We already had an issue with the Heidi game. <clears throat> which was earlier where there was a, uh, a game happening, football game, and it was time for Heidi to come on, and they just stopped watching the game, and no one knew how the game ended. I mean, it's before DVRs or anything else, so they just didn't know how anything ended. And it was called the Heidi game because they just put the Heidi movie on, and people lost their fucking minds. They, wanted, they want things to get finished. And so <clears throat> in doing that, Reagan ran long, and they just went to Remo Williams, and the ratings were shite. They were not good. And in those ratings not being good, it hurt them coming back. So that's why we didn't get a, we did kind of get a Remo Williams too. It was a UK version. I'm thinking about doing that one. We'll see where I'm at. But in once again, this whole theme of rebuilding and making things better and fighting for what you want. Let's, let's check out, let's check out some of these television shows that were on in 85. As Remo Williams is starting his first day of training and just getting his ass kicked by the teacher, right? Just, I mean, all this guy knows is pressure points. He's just touching pressure points, his arms frozen, just fucking shit up, just getting after it. Hold on, I got a drink. Oh, I love this so much. All right, so MacGyver. Fucking MacGyver. Think about this. MacGyver. I mean, tape, Q tip. Maybe a, maybe a bobby pin. And the guy can build, you can build you a machine gun, right? I mean, this is MacGyver. In the worst situation, you can come out of it and be a better person. That's freaking MacGyver, man. That's MacGyver. Are you kidding me right now? This is what we needed. We needed that show. We needed to show that escape. Just like we need to show Remo Williams, who thinks he's arrogant and a bath. He's going to get broken down to be built back up. One of the greatest television shows of all time, Moonlighting with Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd. Shut your mouth and you're talking to me if you don't like this show. Shut your mouth and you're talking to me. <clears throat> Golden Girls. All right, Betty White is literally older than sliced bread. Pause, Google it, look it up. Two fun facts I'm going to give you today. One, Betty White's older than sliced bread. A, B, there are more curves in the U.S. than there are Starbucks. Go ahead, check it out. Push my button, son. I'm gonna let you know you're wrong. Wrong, wrong. 
Golden Girls was great, man. These were these women that were put into this community that found friendship in a time of their dying days when you're at the end of your rope and you're like, why do I need to make new friends? You know, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. These women showed that in your differences you can you can find commonality and love and likeness, right? It's, it's actually, it's a really beautiful, beautiful show. And I, I would still watch it today. In fact, I recommend other people to watch it, man. Check out Golden Girls, all right? Don't be afraid. Growing Pains with Kirk Cameron. A uh, fun fact about Kirk Cameron is that show moved on. Kirk Cameron, a very religious young man. Very, very religious. Um, <clears throat> he had a girlfriend. <clears throat> Growing Pains, pardon me. And in that, he... Um, he went to go see her one day at her apartment. And one of the parts of Growing Pains was is that he didn't want to have a key to her apartment. In fact, he wanted, um, he didn't believe that that would be right or, or uh, morally acceptable for him to have that. So it was, uh, it was a very interesting thing uh, that he didn't do that. That was a little behind the scenes or a little behind the music. An updated version of the 1960s Twilight Zone came out in 85. Small Wonder, and one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite shows, Mr. Belvedere, right? When you got a sarcastic, wisecracking Englishman, right? And he's your butler, right? Takes on the role of kind of a housekeeper, butler. I mean, he's babysitter, cook, cleaner, confidant to everybody. He's making the, the, the world a better place. Now, some of the other movies that came out in 85 that we didn't, that we've, and some of these we've, we've done, one we're going to do soon. But um, spies like us, we did that with the wonderful Tim Kennedy, right? I mean, if you're not if you're not doing if you're not uh, following Tim Kennedy on Instagram or any of the other stuff that he's got going on, let me tell you, follow that man. You don't have to agree with everything he says or does, but I mean, honestly, listen, the man's more than a hero. All right, so check him out, please. Uh, and he was kind enough to be one of the first to do this podcast, so by all means, check him out. Also. Uh, with the very powerful, very awesome, my buddy, David, right? He came in and what did we do? What did Dave and I do? Oh, that's right, 1985. Now, think about it. You, want it, you, want, you, need, a, you need a hint in any way, shape or form? Because I'll give you a hint and you're probably just yelling at the TV. You're like, listen, what, what David, David Hawley, you're welcome. And what do we watch? Fletch. In fact, I believe that was the first podcast. David Hawley and I did Fletch, man. And we talked about nachos. Great. I still have not been invited over to his house to have nachos. So there you go. One of the, uh, Deb O'Keefe and I, we're stuck in 85. And I'll tell you what, I'm looking down this list and I'm just like, holy shit. Like we've done some 85 movies. We've got this one. And now what else? European Vacation, Deb O'Keefe. And Deb just, I mean, she said, go back and listen to that one. And she signed lights on the, on the really special European actors and actresses that were in that movie that made it special along with Chevy Chase. Uh, a favorite of uh, the gentleman who really kind of started and kicked off the Spread Ward series, right? Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventures, man. St. Elmo's Fire. Teen Wolf. Shut your mouth, man. Teen Wolf. We did Teen Wolf. We did Teen Wolf with a rock star. Come on now, right? Um, what else we got here? We've got Weird Science, Weird Science, The Last Dragon, Commando. Are you serious? Come, I mean, let's step back. Weird Science, and here's another thing. Right? You're getting picked on. You can't get the girl of your dreams. You jerks, you jerk off so much in the shower that you get a hard on when it rains. That's a line from the movie. Go ahead, 
fact check that, suck it, right? All of this stuff is happening. Man, this is amazing. You want to know why we make it? Because rhetoric, because we, we have this moment, we have these moments, we have this, this idealism that when things are bad, we, you know, we only work, we're missing this today, right? We're missing a little piece of this. And, and part of that piece is just the, the whole part of rebuilding and, and finding joy in the movies. You know, you think about the movies today and they're, they're dark and they're, 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 Although we got a lot of horror films coming out. The Joker was a great film, wonderfully acted, but did it inspire you to do something? I mean, hopefully it inspired us to take care of veterans better, but we need to be inspired to do more. We need more movies to inspire us, right? We need more movies, even if they're silly, like a Remo Williams or a Weird Science. Like, keep trying, keep developing, keep building, keep moving forward. You're going to get the girl. You're going to win the fight. This does not last. This dark cloud does not last forever, man. It just doesn't. And I know that's so cliche to say, but it's so true. And that the 80s taught us that. And there's parts of the 90s that taught us that. There's parts of the 2000s that taught us that. We need we need that brought back again, party people. We do, right? Um, there's a couple movies that I don't know about uh, that I just haven't watched. Uh, Care Bears, the movie. I never got around to seeing that. But that was 85. Black Cauldron. Let's see. A young boy and a bunch of misfit friends embark on a quest to find dark magic of ultimate power before a diabolical tyrant can. Oh, that's nice. Sure thing. Oh, I remember sure thing. Oh, yeah. What was going on hmm. now for Bigger, Better, Bredder and some other people in this world? Let me tell you. Let clear your throats. If you're a Chris Collinsworth fan, just, just watch out, son. Sports. What's happening in 85? That's right. Oh, hold on. We are at um, we're in the we're in the morning. Remo Williams is looking for food. He's a little annoyed, but he's gonna get his finger thing. He's gonna he's gonna strengthen his fingertips. You know, there's this there's this story, uh, and I forget where I, I heard it. So if, if one of you guys finds out or remembers where I heard it, right, uh, by all means, email talking during movies podcast at gmail.com. But this boy goes away. His family sends him away, and he's he's learning martial arts. And the guy's having him do punches and slaps in water. And he's there for three months. And that's how he's just working out. He's cleaning and he's doing these, these punches and slaps to water. And he finally, he runs away and he comes home. And he's sitting down having dinner and you know, at this beautiful big table. And they sit down and they're like, hey man, what, uh, why are you home? Like, I thought you learned about this. And he's just like... All I did was slap water. It was ridiculous. And they kept grilling him. Asked questions. He got so mad. He slammed his hand down on the table and the table broke in half. He didn't realize how far he had progressed and what he had done because he was, he was so short-sighted. He didn't see the long game. Right? And Remo Williams, it's funny. Like I remember I was, when I was a kid, I used to love kung fu movies. I used to love the Bruce Lee movies, the Chuck Norris movies. They were, they were the greatest, man. But I'd sit down, I'd go visit my dad in Portland, Oregon. I'd go hang out with him. And during the day, he'd cut hair. And sometimes my Aunt Sally would be free and she'd take me out. And Aunt Sally was awesome, man. She worked at like a, a meat packaging place and she'd take me in and meet everybody. And sometimes we'd go to the, the animal jail or the zoo. And uh, sometimes we'd, we'd go other places and hang out and just have a good time. But she would always rent me like a Chuck Norris movie or something. She would always rent me something. And in all of that, in everything, 
you had to watch these moves and she'd say, you know, this takes a lot longer than two hours. This is a lifetime of training. She would always remind me, always remind me. It was pretty crazy, right? So anyways, it's, it's, it's the long game, I guess is what I'm trying to say there. And we're seeing that with Remo Williams, right? I mean, it's, it's of course, it's a two-hour movie. I mean, come on. And it's it was supposed to be probably a multiple series, um, kind of like uh, uh, there's a couple other movies out there. We're going to get to these. We're going to get to movies that should have been series for sure. There's a couple things I want to do. Uh, as we get close to Christmas, we're going to do some Christmas films, some holiday films, if you will. And we're going to offend someone or whatever. It's a bullshit. Watch this. So much fun. Boop. He puts his finger right through the wood. It's so awesome. I mean, he's so, it's just perfect. Like a drill bit went through there. And he's just sitting there, tap, 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 tap. Strengthen his fingers, man. You got to do it every night. It's like I tell my kid, she's got loose teeth. I'm like, you got to wiggle the teeth. You got to get those out. Get your teeth. Come in. Come on. Let's go. Boom, boom, boom. All right. So in the sports world, while we're, we're checking this out, what, uh, what, what, what else do we have going on? Well, we got a lot going on. San Francisco 49ers beat the Miami Dolphins. That's right, 1985, the Dolphins. Dan Marino, he could have, he could have had, could have had a ring. But Joe Montana said, "Not today, sir." The debut of WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden. I mean, that changed wrestling forever. 85, such a pivotal, pivotal time, right? Um, Spend a buck wins the Kentucky Derby with a time of two minutes and 20 seconds. Horace Becker wins in singles. Martina Navratilova defeats Chris Everett. Uh, I mean, there's just there's so much going on, right? It's just it's such a crazy, crazy time. And let's let's look at the let's look at the people that were born, right? Haley Duff, Hillary Duff's sister, Kieran Knightley. Let's pause. Let's just say let's just do a quick prayer to the good Lord above for bringing her to us. Um, Jack Osborne, Kaylee Cuco, actress. Mm-hmm, that's right. Uh, Frankie Munoz, Raven Simone. Yeah, I mean, 85 was no freaking joke party people. But I want to get back into the movies that really made 85, right? And we, we went through some of them, but we didn't get to go through all of them. And there, there's, there's some really great movies that came up 85 that once again are just this and they're all it's not fighting per se but it's it's this it's building back man it's, it's coming back to who you are what you are um you know american ninja our fascination for fighting violence and being the underdog and coming back or protecting this nation which was uh amazingly quite a theme that was going on in the world um, it's really, it's really architected in these movies. Remo Williams, he's doing pretty good. I mean, he could be an American ninja warrior right now as he's doing this balancing act and all sorts of stuff. He's really trying. He's doing a heck of a job, man. I mean, this is, he is, uh, he's doing better than I would do. That's for sure. But I think what we also saw from his first fight was even, even, in, even his crudeness and everything that he's doing, uh, he still, he had some raw talent and some real skill. In, uh, in in who he was, you know, and he, he's looking for that affirmation from his teacher, but he's not he's not going to get it. Let's see him do this jump. He's on the bar. He's got to jump. Oh, one foot right on there and jump to a smaller and then get to the bed. He did it. And now watch his teacher's going to be like, go back now. All right, we'll come back down. 
Get it, son? Sorry. So the movies. So we got, you know, we got Commando. We talked about Death Wish, American Ninja, Invasion USA. We're going to do a Chuck Norris month, man. Chuck Norris did so many amazing movies. Uh, Red Sonja. Uh, what else? King Solomon. Jim Cotta. I mean, come on, man. Gymnastics and karate. Chuck Norris. Code of Silence. I mean, Chuck Norris. He was such a pivotal, probably the worst actor in the 80s, while at the same time being one of the greatest influencers of the 80s, right? You got Wild Geese. Jackie Chan was on the stage back then, too, just putting out action films like No One's Business, Savage Dawn, Enemy Mine. What a great, great film. The Legend of Billie Jean, Smoke Show. Hang on. So nice. So we already talked about Spies Like Us. What else we got? We've got Final Justice, Malibu Express. What a great film that was. If you don't know that film, The Man with One Red Shoe. Come on now. The Secret of the Sword, a He-Man film. How dare you? That's just a fantastic. I mean, there's just there's so much going on, so much going on. And I mean, well, for what, man? The Ewoks, the battle for the. I mean, the Ewoks had their own fucking movie. Who remembers the Ewoks had their own movie? Who knows what an Ewok is, right? Uh, this uh, this new Disney show. I mean, I don't know if they're going to give the Ewoks their love. They've got some other things that they got going on, but the Ewoks, eh, not one of them. Not not exactly one of them. That's for sure. Uh oh, this guy's gonna. Oh shit! He just got his face blown up on a training mission. Oh my goodness, your buddy, your buddy. His bullet blew and his face blew off. They've got all sorts of problems, and Remo Williams is gonna solve it. That's just how it works. The Emerald Forest, the Black Cauldron, there it is. I mean, come on, folks. Princey's Honor, stop your nonsense. Stop your nonsense. I mean, this is what it's all about. But, you know, that said, here we are with Remo. Remo Williams, right? Uh, VH1 came out. Let's check this out. January 1st. VH1 was launched. This is back in the day when they played videos. Oh, I love this part. They're in a car. Remember these car phones? Big, hold them to the side of your head, right? The big old car phones. They had to sit there. Came with this huge battery. They're inside the car. Oh, man, the car phone. My dad, when I was growing up, he had got this car, and it still had some minutes on the car phone. And I got to drive it to school a couple times. I just called people. like I mean, I... I don't know how much I, my, my poor dad, it cost him. He had this great Buick. It was a great, great car. And I uh, had this awesome car phone, man. We'd, and this is back when you'd call people if they were at home. Like, I'm going to come by and pick you up. Like, what? Dude, I'm five minutes away. Get ready, bitch. And they're like, huh? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm on my dad's car phone. Pretending to be rich. We didn't have any money at all. And he was just trying to, trying to act a part to just try to get ahead so we could get ahead. And he ended up doing it, man. He ended up doing it. 85 also, I mean, pretty much until we get into modern day, right? 85 was when the <laughs> uh, limos were dog shit. They were just long rectangles, just pieces of shit. Absolute pieces of shit. Oh, look at this. Remo just hanging on the bottom. This blue screen is amazing. On the uh, on the Ferris wheel. He's just hanging on the bottom. They call it the Wonder Wheel. I wonder if they could, I wonder if that's the name. Or if they couldn't use Ferris wheel. What if that's a licensed name? You gotta think about these names if they're licensed. You can't use them in movies, right? And there's and by the way, as you're hanging on, 
there's no way, there's no easy part. Uh, and that, that can really fuck your hands up. Oh, he's going to climb into the cart. It's getting to the top. He's, he's done with this bullshit. He's climbing into the cart. And you have to. Did you see, guys? Did you guys uh, see that thing? Uh, the guy, we're going to go through some more stuff happening in 85 on this day in 85, right? January 1st. The awesomeness that was um, that was VH1. But before we do that, and as Remo Williams is climbing around on a Ferris wheel, just tempting death, just wondering what's going to happen. I'm going to take a drink real quick and then we're going to get on with this. Hold on a second. Actually, Vanessa, thank you. And that one's done. It's time to go get another one. Yeah, and he's just looking over the city, and now you're coming down the dark side, champ. What are you going to do? Stand on the top, motherfucker. Stand on the top and hang out. So as I go to get... Guess what? January 1st. If you're wondering... Uh, let's see here. The first mobile phone call was made by Ernie Wise to Vodafone. Wow. Goodness gracious, there's so much that happened. So much interesting stuff. The 49ers beat the Bears, the NFC Championship, 23-0. Suck at Chicago. You can suck a bag of dicks with that one, Chicago. Chicago still hasn't recovered the way they're playing these things. Although Mitch Trubisky, I believe, has a higher passer rating than um, any of that stuff. We're going to go with, this is a dark-looking can. Unveiled Brewing Company, double IPA. I'm trying to see where are you made at? Is this a Kentucky one, or is this a? Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find out. Sorry, folks. I just want to make. Sure. Oh, this is the Louisiana beer. On my drive back from Kentucky, uh, I was able to get myself um, some different beers, some local beers, and. Uh, that was one of the places that we stopped is near Louisiana. So a lot of variety of beers coming in. This is um, not for my, the very kind Vanessa, but I've got some other Montana beers I'm going to jump into after this double IPA. I'll really, really get after it here. Listen, after basketball, you know, you uh, you do those things and then you got to do a podcast. you got to have a beer. I'm going to do another podcast on Thursday. So we're going to start really getting after these again. I apologize. It's just been... Um, a little bit uh, a little bit crazy with work and everything else where was I damn it you know what and this is what happens you guys know when I lose my place right because I'm cruising along and it's just you know it's uh, it is what it is man I, I, I forget what's going on uh, what one of the oh, this is awesome right so the the teacher Remo Williams teacher uh, he's sitting down his legs are straight out and uh, he's just, he's holding his whole body up on two fingers, right? Just balancing two fingers. Remo has snuck some food into the house he's not supposed to have. He's only supposed to eat a very special diet. But he's like, fuck that noise. And uh, yeah, he snuck some stuff in. That's Remo for you, man. It's hard, right? You think about all these crazy diets, all these, the, the discipline, the mental discipline of what's going on. This is back when I was sugar babies. Remo Williams loves his sugar babies. And who doesn't? Have you ever tried sugar babies? But the old guy is, um, he's in this show, into the show, Beyond the Night. He loves his soap operas. Everyone has got their weakness, but everyone also has their strengths, right? 
And the thing to do is you, you, you leverage your strengths to get ahead, but you work on your weaknesses so that you're, more well, you're a more well-rounded person. You know, uh, Remo Williams, not very well-rounded. Look at him. He's, he's going through all the food, and he's just like, what is in this can? What did you buy? What kind of shit is this, man? We're going for rice, and, and that's about it, man. That is about it. Maybe not even rice. Who knows? It's just, I, I, and this is like hanging out with the keto kid, right? Hmm. Remo Williams is dodging bullets. He's dodging bullets. Don't get shot. Don't get cocky, son. He dodged two bullets. That's awesome. But look, he's growing. He's growing and succeeding. What they don't tell you is that in an enclosed apartment like that, that loud bang from the gun will make you fucking deaf. Make you absolutely deaf. You got to be fucking careful, man. You can't be. That's the one you know, talk about home protection, right? And everyone's like, dude, got to get a shotgun. And I'm one of those people. So let's not. Let's not say I'm not one of those people because I am. I'm like, let's get a shotgun. Before we talk about getting a shotgun, let's try this unveiled brewing IPA, which is part bunny that you see, and then it's like a, the other, it's like it's cut in half, and the other, so one is a sketched bunny, and the other side is like a, uh, what is it? Um, X-ray. It's kind of like an X-ray. It's very interesting. Hold on. That's an interesting beer. I don't know that... I like it. No offense to the people at Unveiled Brewing Company. Um, that's different. I don't know. Not really my speed. I don't know that I'm going to hang with this beer too too much longer, right? Um, yeah. So talking about we're, oh yeah we're talking about just discipline and where we're weak and fulfilled. And you think about you know these you want to get ahead. You want to do things differently. Got to work at it. You know. It's, was talking to a, a, a person today and we're, we're chatting about all these things you know it's like I'm not gonna do the work for you you got to do the work you gotta want to do the work you gotta want to make the change you gotta want to push forward you gotta you gotta want to be that difference I can't I can't tell you how to be the difference you've got to want to be the difference so go out and be the difference man you've got to want to do it but when you want to do it I'm here to help right whether you're the keto kid these days and you're avoiding sugar, which is just in everything because the sugar industry is a bunch of fucking devils, or uh, whether you just want to try to go to the gym every day and lift weights. I mean, that's where I'm at. I want to have some good basketball. I try not to, you know, get too worked up A and B and then C, man. I want to enjoy a fun beer and talk with my friends and be a good dad. Put out a good podcast. Have some fun. This is very Rocky-esque. As Remo Williams is sprinting in the sand, right? He's uh, not nearly as nice as, as the Rocky running montage with Apollo Creed, but it is very, um, very indicative of that, except for he's running uh, farther and faster than Rocky. No offense, Sylvester Stallone, but seriously, you just, you just did a little wind sprint with Apollo, and this fool is, is sprinting down the beach full bore. Looks like the Jersey Shore is what it looks like. There's just so much stuff going on. And he dives into a thing of sand and comes out the top. He, that's how fast he was running, folks. In case you're wondering, he literally dove in headfirst, put his hands in like he was going to dive. And then boom, right into the sand and came out through the top. 
But the weird thing is that usually you run on sand to strengthen your feet. You, he's not, he doesn't have a drip of sand on him right now. I mean, for running as long as he did, he doesn't have a drip of sand on him. But he's running, usually when you run in the sand, you're barefoot because you want to strengthen those feet. You want to feel that push, right? You want to feel what's going on. Look at that, and now he's not even, he's just running on air. He's figured it out. He's gotten into a zone where he's just jogging away. And he's, he's gliding on the air, man. He's doing, he's doing great work. Here comes the secret boss. Sees it. Look at him. Look at how far he's excelling. Look at what he's doing. You know, he's like, I'm not ready yet. He's not ready yet. Now he's just chasing birds like an asshole. Come on, man. Don't fuck with the birds. Leave those birds alone. While they're talking, FYI, uh, Like a Virgin goes number one for three weeks. Yeah, February 9th, 1985. Like a Virgin. I was in a in a Thailand and I'm hanging out with a, on the honeymoon with the wife and we're sitting down and there's a jet they're playing over at, at the pool that we're at right we're like lounging in the pool having a beer just really enjoying life and uh, boom shakalaka the jazz version of like a version like a virgin comes on and it is epic I mean it's just it's hilarious it's so so good and I, I tell people, I'm like, you got to tell me who who sings this song, who who does this, who is this man? And they tell me who remade the Like a Virgin, found it online, and uh, I listen to it every once in a while. Right? I just kind of got to hang out, and listen to it a little bit. It's awesome. But yeah, Like a Virgin. I remember that. I also remember listening to that song with my stepmom. My mom I brought this up before. Right? Super religious, a little bit crazy, a little bit nuts. She's you know. Not uh, not playing with a full deck all the time, but I'd be with my stepmom. We'd be driving around in her MG. She had this cool little white MG convertible top, roll bar for I'm sure everyone's protection. Who knows? I forget what my dad was driving at the time, but she had that MG. I think he had like a Honda Civic or something. But she had that MG, and sometimes when we had other people in the car, I had to sit in the back of that MG. And every time they had a bump, my head would hit the uh, the roll bar. But she would play the Madonna Like a Virgin tape. I listened to that whole album and I'd tell her how my mom thought that that was so bad. And she's like, well, they, can you be explained by X, Y, and Z? And what does this feel? Da, 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 da. And it's like, nope. I was just so brainwashed. I didn't have an answer for anything except for that it was wrong. You know, it was just, oh, it was so weird. And it just created such a weird divide. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting how people can gravitate and grab onto religion and, and instead of bringing it in as a, as a piece that, uh, that can bring people together or as a talking point to share how you can grow as a person, not necessarily adopt the religion, but just grow as a person, just be, maybe just being a little bit of a better person, if that makes sense, right? Whatever it may be, but instead... You know, these guys and gals, they, um, they they create it as a piece of divisiveness, right? If you want to bring it back to Remo Williams, I mean, he just, he has an opportunity. Like, he could have created divisiveness with the guy, right? He could have done that. But instead, he's a, he's, a, he's going in and he's, he's going whole hog in and he's, he's enjoying this moment of what's going on. And he's... he's He's embracing the life and the culture and the diet as best as he can. 
but they're not using it as a divisive point, right? They're using it as a rebuilding point. And I'm not saying religion needs to be a rebuilding point, but I'm saying that if you have religion, maybe in those religions, you don't create the divisiveness. You don't show where people are wrong, but you show a little bit of A, where we're alike, and B, probably more importantly, of how we can grow together. Because, you know, Sam Tripoli says this a lot, we are a lot more alike than we are different. We just are. We're a lot more alike than we are different. And instead, we find these nuances, these pieces, these nuggets that just ensure that that's the, divi that's the divider, right? That's the wood splint. That's, that's the piece of metal that you hammer into the wood to split it a little bit before you throw the axe into it. Don't throw the axe into it, man. Don't. Create instead an opportunity and, and an environment of, of likeness. It's like, hey, do you, you know... And some of the things are hard to do, and maybe, maybe that's um, that's okay. But at least make it a training or a or a growth round instead of a divisive round, right? I mean, figure out the difference. Ooh, there's Remo, collars up, leather jacket. Hey, ladies, <laughs> he's looking good too. The lady in the in the military, she's a she's a nice looking lady. I don't know who she is. Can I get the staff on uh, Remo Williams? Um, can I? I can. I've chosen not to at this point in time. The cool thing about Remo Williams is, is when you're scanning through quickly and you're looking through all the action films, it's pretty easy to see because Remo Williams has that American flag behind him because he's a fucking hero. Let me see. Who's the cast? Can you get uh, Amazon? You need to calm down with your Remo Williams stuff here. Remo Williams, The Adventures Begins, IMDb. We gotta find out who this lady is. I mean, Remo's hot to trot for because, well, she's a good looking lady. And there's nothing wrong with it. Time Rider. Dude, we're doing that next, folks. We're doing Time Rider next. I can tell you that right now. We got Wilford Brimley, Diabetes, Oatmeal. Great mustache. Probably the greatest mustache next to, um, you know, Sam Donaldson. Yeah, throwback joke. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Fuck off, okay? I mean that in the nicest way possible, right? Uh, looks like, is that who it is? Yeah, Kate Mulgrew is Major Rainier Fleming. Now, Kate was recently, let's see, she's been in a lot of stuff. I actually like Kate. Kate was, um, if we're looking at Kate's stuff, she was doing Mr. Mercedes. That's where I saw her last. A little bit creepy, right? Um, Orange is the New Black. Let's see here. What other movies has she been in? American Dad. She was in, oh, okay. Um, Warehouse 13. Interesting. But that's who she is. She did a great job on Mr. Mercedes this last season. She's a psychopath. Holy shit. She's terrifying, man. She really is terrifying. She did a hell of a job. Rima Williams, um, Saint Elsewhere. I didn't know she's on Saint Elsewhere. Uh, it's interesting that she's a major at this time, right? I mean, this has got to be this has got to be throwing some people up in arms, right? This is like, listen, Kate Mulgrew. They're just like, well, I mean, you know, she's nice and all, but she ain't no major. Women aren't majors, and that's you know, I'm sure people threw their fucking arms up about that one. Um, Chun is a gentleman by the name of was that really him, Joel Gray? Stop. Are you serious? There's no way this is him. 
Sorry, folks. I'm, I'm looking through this and I'm just, I'm blown away if that's really him. Um, is Can I get another picture of this fucking guy? Goodness gracious, man. Like photos. I need all 91 photos. It is him. It's him as re I mean, he's done. Is he even Asian? Did they just try to make him look Asian? I'm trying to figure out, man. What the hell is going on? Joel Gray. That's the man. He's Joel. Okay. Well, hey, Joel Gray. Hell of a job, buddy. Um, I thought you were Asian. Maybe you are. Maybe I just can't see it without your makeup. I don't know. I'm going to get myself into trouble here. I got to I gotta be careful how, how we go down this road. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm an idiot. Um, that said, being an idiot and uh, being a self-described idiot, you got to be an idiot. One of the things that was happening in 1985 that we're seeing from this movie, the rebuilding of the Statue of Liberty, right? A new copper coating. We shut her down for a bit. We had to clean her. We had to do a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff, man. But uh, in all of that, they're going to go up. This guy pays these workers off. Like, go fuck with Rainbow Williams. Wait, will you go get him? Go kill him. And who's this bad guy? That bad guy looks so familiar. Hold on, folks. Because this bad guy's been in a shit ton of movies too, right? So let me see now. What am I getting here? There's Kate. There's Patrick. You know what, IMDB? You should make these um you should make these things smaller so we got jay pierre wilford brownley joel gray fred ward got them charles keofi keofi that's not charles i don't need you you're not him who else we got here um patrick kilpatrick listen if your name's patrick kilpatrick that's not it. Michael uh, Pataki. Who's Michael Pataki? Michael Pataki is not our guy either. Not that I should be. Um, I mean, come on now. It's amazing how these uh, these gentlemen who work these buildings, right? How they just know how to navigate them, and they do a heck of a job, right? They don't have uh, the full cast on here because I'm not seeing that gentleman. That said, he's a he's a traditional bad guy, and that's uh that's all you need to know. That is all you need to know. Let me go full cast and crew. Sorry, folks, but listen, I'm really fascinated by this, and I'm trying to look at the fucking pictures, and they're so small that I cannot figure out. See, I knew who the ambulance driver was. Uh, I know you guys get so mad at me when I do this, and I'm probably losing some of you right now. You're just like, Jason, we gotta go, man. We're out. We gotta go. William Hickey, the Coney Island Barker. Nope. Let's see. Logger, soldier driver, Jim in the soap opera. Um, man, a lot. I'll tell you what, I can't find this fucking guy at all. And he should be. I mean, I, I, I've seen him in so many movies man that's the problem that he should i mean he should come right up but he's not so here's so one of the things right remo drink this beer and talk to you about this fucking movie so one of the things you want to see here is remo williams he uh you know he had this opportunity uh when he was training in the house right he's, he's jumping from the floor and he's doing some other shit right and in doing that now it's a real life scenario where that takes place. 
And he's got these guys, they've got they've got ropes with weights on the end, and they're just fucking with him, man. They're laughing because they're used to these high high wires. They're used to stuff rattling. They're used to stuff banging. Boom, look at this thing, and they're just they're gonna oh, and he's gonna fall. Is he gonna fall? Look at they're just they're spinning stuff out. And there he goes. And there he, and it's like, what are you gonna do? Bitch, slide down that pole, man. Slide down that motherfucking pole. Come on. Come on, Remo Williams. Get your shit together, son. Come on now. Get your shit together. Let's go. You're not even up that high. You're not even at the top. It feels like he's at the top. He's up there. He goes. Now he's sliding down the pole. There you go, buddy. Get back here. Get your feet on solid ground. You got that cool leather jacket on. You've got your Levi's on and a turtleneck. How warm is this guy or how cold is it outside that you are in a leather jacket and a turtleneck? That's a baller move. Can I tell you lately, when I've been doing these podcasts and talking, my nose has been itching so bad and I don't know why. And a lot of you are going to joke and say cocaine and that's not funny because there are people addicted to cocaine. I'm not one of them, but they do exist. So that said, let's make sure, oh, they are throwing shit at him. He is at the Liberty's hand when this guy with this great mustache is just look at this other guy. He's like, hey, he's hit his hand and there goes Remo down the Statue of Liberty's arm. He's just sliding down her arm. And it's just one fall to the next. Boom, 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 sliding, falling. Oh, it was just a bag, it wasn't him. Where is he? What happened? Well, this fucking bad guy, this is gonna drive me nuts who this bad guy is. But that said, I'll figure it out. So I'm gonna figure it out tonight. I'm gonna to wake up in the middle of the night and just be like, are you fucking kidding me? Am I gonna jump on this podcast and let you guys know who it is? Not a chance. Mm-mm. But I can tell you that thump that people heard, they thought it was uh, Remo. It was not. The fact that those kids are out fishing by the Statue of Liberty means that those are also the kids that are, uh, they're going to have toxic shock syndrome. They're going to take a bite of that fish that they catch and they're going to fucking die. Because that's how shit works. Now Remo Williams has to figure out how he's going to navigate the Statue of Liberty and get back to solid ground. And by solid ground, I mean, you know, the earth below. He's somewhat on solid ground. But he's got to navigate the Statue of Liberty here. This is a pretty cool scene, right? I mean, this is one of those things where you've got to imagine to yourself, can you do it? Can you jump that far? Because if you can't jump that far, man, what are you going to do? I remember one time I was with this kid that I knew uh, up in Portland, Oregon, young man named Scott. And we were, uh, Portland's known for its bridges. And we were walking across a bridge and we were a little boozy and we were wondering, we were just, we were wondering, you know, what can we do? to um could we jump i guess you know uh with the, the bridge and it was it went, it went by these buildings and it seemed like a short distance or maybe it was a large difference who knows but we're like man could we jump and make it over the top of that roof and then the idea was if we could right if we could make it what would that be like you know what would that look like if we could make it uh i would be stuck on that roof or could we jump back uh, it was it was terrifying right boom Remo Williams just found the guys and he's now putting them on his terms. He's just stopped their little roller coaster thing. Boom, they're gonna lose your fingers there, champ. And the little elevator that goes up and down, he's like, what is up? Look at this, and now he's, now, now comes more work, right? Boom, 
bone. Look at him, he's just so good. And that's from his finger work, from the little spindle board, right? That is just from his finger work. That's all it is. Here's the other idea you might want to try doing, guys, is you fake to one hand, he moves it, and then that hand's free, and you go to the other hand. And this is where the carousel work comes in, because he climbed underneath, came around, and now he's inside, and now he's going to fuck these people up. Look at him throwing punches. That punch is a horrible acting job, Remo. Come on, man. Don't hang him. Are you going to really hang him, Remo? He really is. He's going to hang him. He's going to throw him out. He just broke that guy's neck. He's a murderer. Remo Williams, American hero, also murderer. Not taking anyone's shit whatsoever. That's just what he does. Oh, hold on. That guy's not murdered. Even though he wrapped it around his neck somehow, it made it wrapped around his foot. That is hilarious. I like how, like, this is the other thing, right? This is like uh, the A-Team. If you watch that series or that show, The A-Team, guess what? No one ever died. They were shot at the dirt. And look at Remo. He's looking at those three guys. Like, go get him. Here comes the bad guy. You're going to have to chase me now, bitch. Get your gun. Chase me. What? Guys, just fucking chase me, man. We're going to go around. Got to get this shit done. I love these. I love these action movies, man. They're just running and running. And I mean, I remember one time I was with a, with a friend of mine and her dad was an FBI agent. And, uh-oh, look at what? He runs right across. Light feet, light feet, light feet. Look at this. It's almost like he knows what he's doing. Here comes the other guy and heavy feet. Boom. Right in. Doesn't know how to glide. Doesn't know how to run like Remo does. And that guy's going into the cement. That's just, they're going to, that's a dead body. You just cover that up, champ. These workers are looking at that body and they're like, hey man, that's a dead body. You leave that shit alone. You leave it alone. Oh, there's the bad guy driving off. Driving off the bossy bummy computer. Don't you restart on me like you did with Deb O'Keefe either, you little piece of shit. All right? We're not playing this game. We're not playing the game anymore. Uh-oh. Is he going to get shot? And throw him away. Remo Williams, one time, not paying attention. Could have got killed. Guess what? His little button saves his ass. Probably killed that guy. Guy looks dead. Not going to lie. Guy looks dead. I would like to see McDojo. It's a, uh, is that what it is? I'm going to look this up now, and you guys are going to go fucking nuts again, and I apologize. But oh, we want we wanted to check out McDojo, right? So let's go on. Let's see here. Let's go into Callie Tucker. Look at Callie Tucker. Looking good as always. Mick, uh, Dojo, McDojo Life. So if you at McDojo Life on Instagram, right? It's all these fake videos, um, all these fake videos of uh, of um, of martial bad martial arts, right? Really bad martial arts, and they could probably do a whole series on Remo Williams and the bullshit that we see, the pressure points that fuck people up, whatever it may be. But more importantly, he's inside with Wilford Brimley, who's got a sweater vest on, a beautiful mustache. He's got his great reading glasses, and Remo's still in his leather jacket and his fucking turtleneck. Bro, how what, is there not a heater in New York City for you? And can Wilford Brimley learn how to tie a tie? Because obviously he can't, because that tie job he's got is absolute dog. It's like, it's like he started to tie a tie, and then he didn't do it. And you've got to wonder the hair and makeup person. Like, you've got to think. You're looking at this movie. Like, all right, we got Wilford Brimley. 
he's curmudgeoned, he's old, he's trying to figure everything out. Man, what are we gonna do? Well, we gotta pull his, we gotta make sure his pants are up to his tits. All right, listen, I need him to pull his pants up all the way to his tits. So I need his tits to almost get caught in the belt loops. That's how high I want the pants. Right, check, got it. Put a sweater vest on him. Well, of course, it's 1985. Everyone, even if, I mean, everyone who's everyone has a fucking sweater vest. We're gonna uh, we're gonna give him uh, frameless glasses. It's just where the the wire frame goes around, right? They they bend all the time. Like the the people that wore those glasses, <clears throat> they always 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 they were bent and out of shape, right? There was always something fucked up about those glasses. And then finally, we're gonna have him wear a tie. But it's like we got the well dressed African American guy. He's kind of the guy running the show. But the guy in the bunker. The guy who's breaking down the tapes, the guy who's really, really investigating all this bullshit. He can't have his tie tied. He's too important. He's too important to tie the tie, but he's not important enough to not wear the tie. Mm -hmm. So he plays this schlubbily, schlubbily guy, double chinned, sweater vest, buttoned down, pants up to his titties, and then a tie that could have been tied, but then something came up super important. He never got back around to tying the tie, but you know he's smart because if he had the time, he would tie the tie, but there's just, there's too much going on. He's got some weird fucked up, I don't know what. Uh, oh, and by the way, trigger alert, uh, our, uh, our martial arts teacher is sitting on a tiger skin, head still attached, doing something crazy. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan. But you know, some people who don't like the death of animals, they might uh, they might be a little um, oh, offended, if you will, by seeing this. Shit, I don't know. I'm not. By the way, I'm not offended. So don't you be offended, you sons of bitches. You calm down, party people. You calm down. I do like that they still have the Pink Panther that they won at the fair. That's super nice. This is a dope little studio. You've got to think in New York City. And we already went down the rental prices, right? But. In New York City, I bet this is like $700. And it looks like Remo Williams is done with his training, man. I mean, he's leaving. He's done with his training. Is the old guy going to let him go? I mean, they, they've kind of become these reluctant friends, right? You think about that hard boss, or that hard coach, and you didn't really like him, but man, you hated leaving him because you always learned something. They were always there. They were always dropping that little piece of knowledge for you. But in dropping that knowledge, what did you really get out of it? Well, shit, man, not much. <laughs> no, you got a lot. But you got so much, but you still have to grow and be on your own. You have to do something a little different, right? You've got to, you got to set the tone. But it always hurts when the teacher loses the student, and it always hurts when the student leaves the teacher. And that's where we're at in the movie, right? But you also, you have to grow. The student can't always stay the student. They've got to grow to become the teacher. Not saying that they're not always going to learn. I mean, that's one of the beauties of the program, right? Is that you always learn. You're always there doing something. You're always, you're always expanding yourself and making yourself better. But when you're the master, I mean, like, I don't, I want to know outside of people, right? That he's just working with that just keep him fresh. I wonder what the difference is a student teacher relationship when it comes to martial arts, like with an Eddie Bravo. Right, who's just who's invented his own style of jujitsu? I mean, the guy's a freaking rock star, right? I mean, the guy's a master at understanding and seeing human movement in a way. I mean, he's 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 what they say, looking inside the matrix, right? He just he can take a step back and look at it and break it down and the the, the physical movements here. But he can understand and create moves and things that 
You just, you can't fathom. That's Eddie Bravo. Freaking ninja, right? I mean, a legit ninja. And, uh, you know, and, and who does he teach, man? What does he, what does he do? Who, who strengthens him? Or instead of it strengthening him, is his work with his best students as they try to create, as they try to move forward, could they, could their challenge be instead that, um, that it keeps him fresh, that it keeps his movement sharp? Like, I just don't know, right? I mean, I can, I, I never took martial arts. I have no idea. I mean, I'd like to think that there's, um, there's ideas of, you know, I have ideas about it, but I would have to get Eddie Bravo on the podcast. Shout out Eddie Bravo. You know, come to Austin, Texas. Let's hang out. We're not going to talk about flat earth. We're going to talk about ninja skills, bro. And we're just going to, we're going to watch a Chuck Norris film or Jim Cotta. And we are going to laugh our freaking asses off. And maybe we're going to listen to some death metal afterwards. I don't know. We'll figure it out, Eddie Bravo. But get on the podcast. Come on, man. Hey, party people. Don't be afraid to reach out to Eddie Bravo and let him know. That he should come on, along with Christina P., who is uh, coming to us. Let's just let's get these shout-outs out of the way, right? Bert Kreischer's coming. He's not going to do the podcast. I know that, even though he said on his podcast that if you're doing a podcast and you're a fan of his, that uh, you know that he would um, he would do your podcast. He's not doing that, man. I've reached out a couple times. I've I've, I've heard no three times. This um, eh, no no Bert. Uh, Christina P., she might not even respond. Nikki Glazer's coming for Moon Tower Comedy. Nikki Glazer, one of the funniest ladies alive. One of the funniest people alive. Let's, even comment, let's not even say ladies. One of the funniest people alive. Man, she's hilarious. Nikki, go ahead, get on this podcast. Uh, but we have some other comics coming on down the road, which is pretty exciting, and we're building that out. we got some other things rocking and rolling, so that's exciting. All right, that news is out of the way. It's almost like a middle commercial, right? It's almost like a little fun commercial, but it's not a little fun commercial. It's just it's my real world and where I live. Um, and we don't, we don't do commercials in the middle of our podcast. There's a movie. There's no, you know what? It's funny. I would do commercials in the middle of a podcast if, and only if these dogs are so smart. These dogs remind me of the Fletch dogs, right? The way that they went after Chevy Chase. These Dobermans are so smart. And Remo Williams is like, holy shit. Like these dogs are super smart. Like he's just got to keep climbing up as they keep going up and they're using stairs and they got, they're so smart. Damn. These dogs are smart. Do you remember in Fletch? David Holly and I are talking about this dog. Smile. What's your name? Killer? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about, folks. These dogs are the same kind of dogs. They're, they're going to kick his ass. And you and I'll tell you what, this is 1985. You uh, you can't fuck up a dog in 1985. You got you to gotta lock it out, and then you got to hide. Right? Watch this now. Come on, Remo. Come on, buddy. You're named after a fucking bedpan. Don't shit the bed. Oh, bit his foot. I wonder if that's his kicking foot. He's going to lose that toe. He's going to for sure lose that nail. I don't know about losing the toe, but he's going to lose that damn nail. That's for sure. Climb up to the top, man. Get Oh, look at that. They're waiting for him. you got to be fucking kidding me. These dogs are so fucking... These dogs are smarter than him, man. And they know the layout. They know what they're doing. They know how to get around. I love this. I love this kind of shit, man. Smart dogs. You can't kill a dog either. So, you know, oh, he's got rats. So you can kill a fucking rat, Remo. Go ahead. Kick that rat off. Oh, are you afraid of rats? Oh, they're going to climb up his pants. Oh, shit. You're going to get your dick bit off. They'll eat your nuts. What a lot of people don't know about rats is that they will actually eat your nuts like chestnuts on an open flame, right? I mean, they will just go after your nuts. You have to be really careful when a rat crawls up your leg. you got to get it out as quickly as possible. He's wearing black socks. What a fucking weirdo. But uh, you got to get those rats out as quickly as possible. Man, those rats are fucking psychopaths. 
It's like that movie uh, Willard and then the, the uh, sequel Ben where the kid controls the rats and they go fucking eat people and just destroy shit because he is the Pied Piper of rats. You got to watch out, man. Rats are no joke. Can't fuck around with rats. Just saying. If you're going to try to fuck around with rats, man, you're going to have a hard, hard go at life. These fans aren't working very well. It makes it pretty easy for him to climb into a building. You'd think those things would be going a million miles an hour, and he'd have to use his ninja skills to get through, but no Surrey Bob. Not in any way, shape, or form. And I can't remember if Remo works, he figures out he's working for the bad guys, or if they get one over on him. This is the part, because I haven't seen this movie in a, in, in a while, but when I was growing up, man, this is one of my favorite movies. We would go to Flathead Video. Was on Flathead Video? Where were we? Where I was watching these gems. Oh, I wasn't in the Flathead Valley. I think I was in, pardon my yawn, Clancy, Montana. I believe so. But, you know, this is where this movie, man, this movie made it. This was it. This was the shit. He's sliding down on a zip line like a fucking rock star. It's funny. When you saw him sliding, you saw the handle he was holding onto for the zip line. And then when he got down, it was just his bare hands. Let me tell you, you try to do that shit, it's going to fuck your hands up, man. Uh, there's no joke about that whatsoever. Those dogs are watching from the outside. How'd that fucker get in? What's going on? He's looking at some super satellite and a camera that is shooting laser beams. Choo, choo, choo. Laser beams, laser beams. They're destroying that motherfucker. It is on fire. Shit is down. Damn. So uh, real quick, while well, everything's blowing up and Remo Williams has to get out, Unveiled Brewing, uh, you know, if we're going to do a beer review real quick, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to give a hard pause. I'm going to have to go hard pause, hard, hard pause, and say, uh, I'm not going to be doing this six-pack. I mean, not that I'm going to drive to Louisiana for anything. I'd go to Montana for beer. I'd go to Colorado for beer. I'd go to Wyoming for beer, but I'm not, I mean, Abita is kind of like Louisiana's beer. Not that they, I mean, they're POF, their point of sales crazy so artistic it's so beautiful but uh that said it's not um it doesn't match the quality in the can how crazy is that let's see if this dog does the tightrope look at this dog he's looking at him he's like did you just walk on a tightrope motherfucker did you that dog's not doing the tightrope uh, i wish the dog did the tightrope but that motherfucker no the dog's doing the tightrope look at this little shithead these fucking like i'll tell you what my basset hound's not doing that tightrope there's no fucking way my basset hound is walking on that tightrope. Hell no. That dog wouldn't even attack anyone. That dog would look at you and be like, you got a meaty treat. You got a meaty treat because I'm an idiot. No fucking way. Not whatsoever. That dog's still coming, man. That place is blowing up. There's trucks coming. There's shit breaking down. These guys are in the worst camo ever. And that fucking dog's going to come for him soon, man. You got to watch out. Look, the guys are coming out with lights and guns, and shit. Yeah, you guys are F-U-C-K-E-D. Fucked. What's he gonna do? Oh, here comes that fucking dog. Here he comes. Look at this dog. This dog is relentless, man. He's like, bite my arm, bitch. Bite my arm. Boom. Now, if you've ever had a dog bite your arm, let me tell you. So, the person who, and I, I say the person, right? It's like, not like, I, mean, I can't mention his name, but... You know, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm weird about mentioning people that don't want to be mentioned on the podcast or they haven't given me permission. So anyways, my buddy, 
he unarmed dog broke his fucking arm or took it off. He is a fake arm. This motherfucker has a fake arm. This is like this. I believe Adam Sandler stole that idea uh, when he did uh, Happy Gilmore. Shut the fuck up. Happy Gilmore. What? That's crazy. Watch this thing. Boom, boom, boom. The tractor's going to bust through. He lots of shit. That guy's got a fake fucking arm. That is Happy Gilmore style right there. I totally forgot about that. Could you imagine you're fighting someone? Oh, let me get back to it. So, anyways, the guy who created the Fred Ward series for us, who was just like, hey, you got to go after Fred Ward. You got to look at all these movies. We got to do Cast Deadly Spell, Henry and June. No, we're going to close out with those two. Maybe the Remo Williams, the UK TV version of Remo Williams 2. We'll figure, we'll, we'll see if, if Fred Ward's in that one or not, or how much he's in that one. But, um, uh, oh, but anyways, um, you know, you got all this shit going on. I forgot what I was going to say. I totally blanked. I was on a roll. I was going down the hill. You guys are yelling. You're like, listen, there's a fake arm going on. Oh, the attack of the dog. Thank you. You guys are the best. You're yelling in saved it. It really, it saved everything. So he wanted to see what it's like to be attacked by a police dog. He thought that would be the best thing, right? He wanted to know what it was like to be attacked by a police dog. So they put the muzzle on the dog and nothing else. And it's staying there. He goes, this dog came running across and it just pounced and attacked. And when it pounced and attacked, it knocked the breath out of him. And then he's, he's trying to hold this beast back. It's just got a muzzle on. And that muzzle just, ah, 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 and it's just, oh, it's going after him. It's going crazy. And it's just fucking shit up for him. And what happens? He does it again and again. And when he goes back to his girl, he's got scratches and claw marks all over his arms and chest. And he's bleeding in some parts. And this is the soft version of this attack dog. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that dog ripping the guy's arm off. I didn't realize it was fake. I forgot that he had a fake arm. And now uh, and now he's got a scalpel. He's going to, is he going to end his life? I forget if he ends his life here. He's going to cut that cord, isn't he? Yep. And boom. There he goes. Leave me alone. I'm a family man. My bark's a lot worse than my bite. Boom. He's done, man. That satellite's not done. That satellite blew up. But you know it's the military. Oh, what was the name of that movie? Where I was like, you know, you have a big budget because you always build two. One's going to fuck up. Something's going to get stolen. Something's not going to be right. You always build two. There's the public version, the secret version. Man, that's why budgets are crazy. That's why there's so much spending going on because you always build two. You need that version to show people and it might wreck. And they're like, fuck, why do we waste all this money? But that doesn't have to be the version that they use, man. They could have already known it was going to wreck just to show you as, as, a little, as a little psych trip, right? And listen, this is not tinfoil hat in any way, shape, or form. Sam Tripoli owns that world. But when you're looking at secret agents, Remo Williams, named after a bedpan, just remember that, who's an ass kicker, who learned from the best martial arts teacher in New York City to, to, to climb on ladders and run across wet cement and and, and, and glide like, 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 like an angel and, and kick like a donkey and punch like Muhammad Ali and dodge bullets like a ghost. Man, you've got to know they've got more than one of him. Maybe that's Remo Williams too, where he finds his other one. It's like that shitty Will Smith movie, Gemini Man, where he's hanging out. It's like, oh, Gemini Man, blah, 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 blah. It's like, great, good for you, Gemini Man, you fucking donkey. But what about this? And he's like, no, I'm Gemini man. This is how I do it. Bing, bada, bing, bada, bing, bum, boom. 
I mean, you know, it's like, oh, this is my younger version of me because they stole my DNA. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Come on, man. This is just ridiculous. Folks, here's the crazy part. So we're at what? Oh, are we two hours in? This movie is, oh, we're an hour and 30 in, right? We've got, it looks like, I don't know, like 20 minutes left. Maybe not 20 minutes. I don't know. But it looks like just about 20 minutes left. So in this final 20 minutes, we get this, we get the final fight scene, the final, we, we really get to see all the teaching that Remo Williams got from his teacher. And we got the cute major in there. We've got everything going on. This is all army. I think it's interesting how they're just blowing shit up on the army, right? On the corruption in the army. I mean, if you if you look back or you look at anything when it comes to, you know, these these types, these these movies, the one thing, the one theme you'll see is there was an element of corruption. And maybe this was like the training ground for us to to really start questioning things, to understand certain things, to to level out where our consciousness should be, right? Is it, should we start asking questions? You think 85, you think, once again, we go through all the, the bad and the good that was happening, right? And more of like the bad behind us and, and, and the perceived good in front of us, even though the savings and loan scandal is gonna happen down the road and there's gonna be a recession and George Bush is gonna say no new taxes and like a year later, he's gonna raise taxes. And there's just, I mean, it's just, it, there's all this stuff that's about to come, but in this moment, or we're rebuilding. I think it's interesting that the subtle nuance of a lot of this is, is like, hey, the problems that we're having and the rebuilding we're doing and the reason we're in the situation we're in has a lot more to do with maybe blind, blind trust of the government, A, and B, in that blind trust, not questioning, not understanding that you can't, you can't give them all your trust. You can't, you can't step out and just be like, you know what? You guys take it over. You guys, I mean, they can't pay for oats, all right? You guys take it over. You run this. Military, you just take all this money and you build and do whatever you want to do. Police, I mean, th this is where egos get big. This is where paychecks get bigger. This is where spending gets out of control because it's not their money. They're not working for that money. Remember, the reason that we have congressional people, the reason that we have a government structure, the reason we have roads, the reason we have a military, the reason we have anything that we have is because of your work. Because your work pays taxes, and those taxes fund these programs. So don't get it twisted, all right? And I, and I think, you know, if there's one part of Reba Williams you can, you can take out is that, dude, don't get it twisted, man. Don't get it twisted in this environment and don't give blind faith, all right? You're writing the checks. So don't, have, well, listen, when you write the checks, if you write a check and like, hey, where's this money going? If you give your kid five bucks, you're like, why do you need five bucks? You're like, mind your fucking business. Give me $5. In fact, no, give me seven. In fact, you're going to give me five. I'm going to spend seven and you're going to owe that $2. I'm not going to owe it. You're going to owe it because it's, it's your fucking problem because you put me here in this place of power. You can't let that happen, man. If you are, if they're cashing your checks, you should know where that money's going. And to know where that money's going and what's going to happen, is it building a Remo Williams, a man named after a bedpan that can probably break a bedpan in half? Or is it going after the secret satellite? Or is it going after a corrupt government force that, that's that's infiltrating our, 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 our military? Or is it is it going after controlling you and 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 uh, 
spawning things off like Google and, and knowledge graphs and Facebook and, and figuring out ways to manipulate you and how you see the world, right? It's like, let's see the world without conflict. Let's see the world without question. I mean, 60 minutes of this piece, they're talking to Google like, well, you know, when someone searches for, for news here that we deem fake, guess what we do? We do this, X, Y, and Z. It's like, huh? You do what? And it's like, yeah, we do all these things. And it's like, why? Well, we don't want it. We think this is bad news or fake news or not real. Remember, there was a time when people thought the earth was flat and they stopped people from saying it was round. All right, now the flat earth movement's back. But what I bring it up because, folks, it's not YouTube or Google's place. It's not Facebook's place to create an algorithm to guide us to something that they think is right at the time. Okay? It's not their place. You only have to look back, you know, 20, 20 years to see how much things have changed and why they've changed and, and what it means, right? What those changes mean for people. You, we, we cannot get so wrapped up into one thing and, and let a, a government or let a technology control us. We can't do it. We cannot do it. It just doesn't, that doesn't work. That's not it, Remo. Come on, man. Are you going to break that glass with your kicks? Come on, son. You got you to go back to your training, Remo. Come on, Remo. You got to go. Listen, that army major, she does not have the training that Remo Williams has. Well, they're sitting in there. It looks like he's dying, man. There's just that. They, I don't know if they're poison gas. They're taking, I think they're taking the oxygen out. Right? And she's done. She's falling down and she's done. Pressurized chamber, man. Pressurized chamber. He is he's losing it. He can't he can't see. The guy's laughing. The bad guy's laughing. That bad guy's legit, man. He looks like such a bad guy. He's gonna try to help his girl though, but he can't. He's blinded by the blinded by the light. He needs he needs John Pars. John Pars, men in motion. Saint Elmo's fire. That's the song. That's what you need. Uh-oh, this guy just walked in. He's feeling pretty good about himself. Is he going to fuck Remo? Oh, he's got a gas mask on. He's going to fuck him up, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still drinking this. Ah, folks, it's not that good. I want to keep drinking it. I really do. But uh, I can't. I like how this guy's going to fight in a suit. He's going to kick the shit out of him. And it suits buttoned, man. I like that it's buttoned. That's a weird hold. I don't know what that hold's supposed to do. I really don't. Rip that mask off, Remo. Rip it off. Rip it off. No, you got to put it on, though. Boom. Oh, uh, yeah. He's got that diamond on his tooth. Oh, yeah. Bam. Come on. Boom. Now, is his head going to break it open or is Remo going to break it open? Come on, buddy. Come on. That poison gas, come on, bam, just rip his eye out. He just ripped his fucking eye out. Let's go, Remo, let's go, 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 boom. That glass was already breaking before he was going to jump through. What? I mean, these special effects are not very special. 1985, folks. <laughs> uh oh, that guy's like, I brought in some uh, more gas mask if you guys want to party. No, we're not going to party. Well, I was just saying, guys, we were going to party. Now's the time to party. Not going to party, champ. Not going to party. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think that there's an adjustment to be made culturally with where we're at now. We can probably learn from 1985 is 
in all of this growth and all of this uh, expansion and all of this this arrogance of, of America and how we are really the world's police and how great we were and how great freedom is. And even though we lost Vietnam, it just didn't matter, right? We are still just trying so much, but we handed over the reins. We really, we just said the military industrial complex, we're like, Space Force? No, but we'll do... We'll do laser beams in space. We'll, we'll try that. We'll try what they call it Star Wars, right? We'll try that. Uh, we're going to build a dome to practice. Make it, yeah, we'll try that. You know what? We're just going to give all this up to the military. We're going to do all of these things. And unfortunately, what happens is, is that, you know, you look back and you think, man, we gave up too much control, too many freedoms, too many ideals. And we really laid the groundwork for, um, for looking for the easy answer and the easy way to get things done. Right, and, and, and in doing that, you know, we started paving a way to where if the answer wasn't there, then what do you do? Now you have wonderful entrepreneurs that when they don't see the answer, they build something out, right? And that's a Google and a Facebook. They didn't see the answer, they built it out. I mean, Yahoo had a chance to buy Google. They're like, search, fuck that, we got it. Homeaway had a chance to buy Airbnb. And they're like, they're not even on our radar. And now look at how the tables have turned, how the tides have changed. But what you don't see in all of that, what you're missing out on in, in, in a bigger picture play, is as soon it's easy to give up responsibilities so you don't have to take them. It's easy to 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 not take the higher road, to, to focus on, you know, the right training, the right goals, the right, you know, and, and the other thing is, are you setting goals? Or are you setting standards? If you're with a group of friends, are you guys are you setting a standard for your group of friends of growth and independence and understanding? Or are you setting goals? Because, you know, it's like, it's, I'm going to write this down and have a goal. Now, the goals are cute. And I think, you know, if you're a leader, you're setting standards, your friends are setting goals to reach those standards, right? And if you're not a leader, that's okay. But look for the standards and go after those goals and, and, and make that stuff happen. Get after it, but stop relinquishing control. Start taking control back. You know, they, I mean, is it, what do you want? Do you want free email and relinquish that control of your privacy and what you search and what you do? Or do you want to pay for email, but then you, you don't give up any of your privacy? Uh, do, you, um, do you want to use YouTube uh, and, uh, and search for videos and have them decide what you're going to wear or, or what you're going to see or not see? And it's free and you can upload your content for free. Or... Do you want to be pay for uploading material, but know that it's democratized, that anyone can find you. You're not shadow banned. Anyone can find it. Do you want a, a platform that allows you Twitter to exchange information and ideas and share? Yeah, there's going to be some assholes that kind of ruin it, but at the end of the day, it's still there. Or do you want that same, you know, and it's and you pay for it, or do you want the free version? But then if you say the wrong thing, you dead name someone, they kick you off forever and ever. Amen. Which one do you want? Now I get inflation, deflation, and money, and it's not worth as much as it was before. And, and we're kind of in this vicious cycle because of debt and the deflation of the money and when how much it used to buy versus how much it can buy now. And you've got to make more and spend less. And, done. and these free-like services, they seem like a godsend, man. But... Are they? I mean, take a step back and look at all the things that are free and the weight that they bring you and look at all the things that you work for that aren't free 
and the relief that they bring you. And which one do you want? And we're stuck in the middle because you've got to, I mean, you look around and we are in the prime, the prime existence of going after stuff. The keto diet, people being in the best shape of their lives, Peloton, gyms, everything. We are, we are taking back our bodies. We're trying to take back our diets. We're trying to remove sugar. We're trying to drink less. We're trying to eat better. We're trying to remove factory farming. We are doing everything that we can to move things in a positive direction forward when it comes to our mental and physical health. We're trying our best. But on the technology side, we're doing our absolute worst right? Our absolute worst. Because on the technology side, what are we doing? What are we promoting? What are we doing? We're giving it all away. Every piece of thing, everything that we built up for ourselves, everything that we've moved forward, everything that we're holding sacred and holy to ourselves, for our bodies, for our diet, for our mind. I mean, you know, taking, taking the right vitamins, taking the right pills, taking the right everything, all of that stuff. We build all those reserves up. And then in one moment with a free email, with a, with a free Facebook account, with a free Instagram account. And I use Instagram. I'm not, I mean, listen, it's not like, uh, I, I don't, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm saying that we have to be careful in the platforms that we choose and how we choose them and what they look like. We have to be careful. We have to be very careful because if we're not careful, all the things that we're working for and building ourselves up and, and what we're doing to make ourselves mentally healthy and, and, and better as, 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 a, as a society. We're instantly giving away through data and letting people know who we are, how we built ourselves up, how we've made ourselves better. And in all of that work and everything that we've done, we've just given them the data points. We, we've done all this to make ourselves better. We've given the data points so that they know how we're better. And as soon as you know how someone's better, then you know exactly how they're weak, right? You can find that weakness in them and then you can exploit it. And you can go after it. You can, you can shut it down. Absolutely shut it down. And that's what we're doing right now. That's, that's the place that we're in. And we've got to figure out what do we want to live without? What do we want to live with? And what are we willing to pay for? Because if we can do those things as a society and step up and go, it's free is not worth it, or free is worth it. I personally, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think free is worth it. But there's not a good alternative out there that's not free. There's just not. I wish there was, but there's not. Hard work is worth it. Effort is worth it. You know, I opened up this podcast and I was talking about my, my apprehension of doing the solo ones. And I don't know what got into my head that created that apprehension, that, 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 that created that pause for me just to talk to you guys one-on-one -on -one and just kind of ramble along for <laughs> two hours. Like, I don't know what, uh, what, what that meant or what was going on, you know, what was going on in my head, right? I have no idea. <clears throat> but it was there and it was real. But that fear also slowed us down the podcast. It slowed me down on, on just doing something that I enjoy and that I, that I love and that I, that I have fun doing. Whether it's with a guest or just having a couple of beers and just chatting to all of you, man. But what do we give up? What do we take away? What, what, are, we, what, are, we, what are we getting back in, right? I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? But I can tell you this without a shadow of a doubt. I can tell you this.
if you are waking up every day and you're building towards a better person, if you're waking up every day and you're building towards a better society, if you're waking up every day and you're building towards something that's creating the value, if we keep doing that, and more importantly, in that building process, we don't continually then just give it away, but instead we build each other up, right? We, we share our experience with each other. Leverage the shit out of these platforms that are free. Leverage them, but don't give them everything, right? Give your community everything. Give your family everything. Give the people that you love everything. You know, make sure when you get off the phone, you say, I love you. And I was to Doug Mellett was like, hey, man, you went on that whole I love you rant. And I was like, yeah, I get a little crazy, man. But I love it and I mean it because it's so important. But it's more important not to give it away. It's more important to host and hold data in a, in a, in a way that's you. Because those, those ones and zeros, those are pieces of you. And they're your strengths and your weaknesses. You know, Sam Tripoli talks about it. He just he just opens up with all his words. He's he it's I don't think he's given up, but I think he's just given in to the idea that people are gonna talk shit, they're gonna they're gonna dig something up. And here just rather than not dig anything up and instead just say, you know what, here, here's here's all my here's all the stuff that I love. Here's all the things that I've done. You're not gonna blindside anyone with anything. And I think as a as a sober person, right, there's there's a lot of power in that, in just being open and honest with everything that you want to do being open and honest as as a as a as a man or a woman and just saying here are my strengths but guess what here are my weaknesses and these are legit weaknesses and that's just that's just what it is they're weaknesses and they're real and i'm not trying to hide them you know uh i wish um as, as we're coming into a new uh, election cycle right I, I wish this political candidates were honest like that we know you're not perfect and we know you fuck up and make mistakes. The problem is that we try to hold you in this light where you are perfect. And that's not fair to you. It's not fair to the process. And it's not fair to decisions and you changing your mind, right? At the same time, you motherfuckers have to stop lying, pretending you're perfect, lying, and just being blatant cunts. Because the, the political people out there, generally speaking, and I'm sure there are some that aren't this way, but I'm going to paint with a broad brush because a broad brush kind of needs to go here. And that broad brush is pretty fucking simple. They're dirtbags. They're 100% dirtbags. Okay? If, if it, you know, the fact that congressmen and women aren't punched in the fucking face every day blows my mind. Now, I'm not calling for any of you today any physical assault on a congressman or a congresswoman in any way, shape, or form, or the Senate, anyway, right? I'm not. However, the fact that they're not, with all the lies and all the deceit and all the double talk, I mean, come on, man. You guys, you're dirtbags. You just fucking lie. Just to get, just so you can, I mean, it's the quickest, if you want to be a millionaire in this country, the quickest way to become a millionaire, hands down, without a doubt. Is he in football pads? I think Remo Williams in fucking football pads. He's like got some super suit on and he's in fucking football pads. Look at him go. Oh, his tree just got picked up and now he's hanging on to a tree, but the motherfucker's in football pads. Get the fuck out of here. Um, no, what I was going to say is, listen, it's just, you're still dirtbags. You are. If you want to, if the fastest way to become a millionaire in this country is not to develop the best app or develop a technology company, the fastest way to become a millionaire and hold on to your wealth and secure your wealth and ensure that your wealth goes nowhere, get into politics. Become a mayor. Become, uh, then become a congressional leader. Become whatever you want to. 
But you work at that and you become a Congress or Senate, you do that shit, man, let me tell you right now, you're on your way to becoming a millionaire, hands down. You get insider trading for free. You can come in with 10 bucks to your name. You're going to leave with 10 million. You are. And that's a shitbag way to do things, man. We need to devise a better way. We need to understand a better way. We can't have people coming in because they just want to line their pockets and they're fucking morons, but they're liars. And great liars can be great fucking morons. I mean, who was that idiot? Was he from Georgia? Right? And he's just like talking about the island, how you can't move the military base from one side to the other because if you move that military base, the island could tip into the sea. That you, Somebody fucking elected that guy. Someone elected that person. You monkeys. Seriously. People. And he probably got voted in because he didn't or did believe in abortion or he had some other... He, you know, once again, let's go back to the divisiveness of religion and everything else, right? And that divisiveness of, of uh, religion, that's that it, it plays a prime example there. It plays a prime example. And that prime example is, is, is shown... And how political people don't have to answer questions. They don't have to be held accountable. Their feet aren't put to the fire. They're not being told what a fucking piece of shit and liar they are. And how they misled you. And they should be kicking the dick because at the end of the day, they got voted in because God's on their side. They're for abortion. They're against abortion. And that's your linchpin. That's your linchpin. Your linchpin is based on freedom or based on a book that was written by that was written thousands of years ago and then edited and re-edited by rich white people, right? The Catholic Church, King James, all of these knuckleheads, what do they do, right? They came in, they're like, we got this. Well, you know, I don't like the way this chapter ends. Hold on, let's add something. You know, I'd like the books to be organized this way. You know, I'd like this to happen this way. Shut the fuck up, man. You've got, you. Look, take a step back. I'm not saying that abortion is, is a big deal or little deal, but I'm just saying take a step back. A person that is dictating economics, that is dictating what is taught in schools, that is dictating how your taxes are spent, that is dictating how you are taxed, all of those things, just to name a couple, and they sit on the Foreign Affairs Committee, they sit on the House Judiciary Committee, they sit on, on, on the War Committee, whatever it may be. Your linchpin is a kid or not. And, I, and once again, I'm not saying it's important or not. That's not, that's not the point. The point is that they, then that linchpin moves beyond that to, well, I had my local pastor say he was ordained by God or that person's bad and not ordained by God. So therefore, I, I, I got to vote or not vote. Fucking stop. Stop. Politics and religion don't mix. So don't let them mix. Don't. Stop right now. Don't let those things mix. All right? Don't, don't let your religious affiliations impact your politics because they don't. Pay unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? Pay unto Rome what is to Rome. Da -da -da -da. You got it, man. But stop. And if you don't like either candidate, don't. Do the lesser of two evils. Don't vote. And get your group together and get a YouTube channel or get a get a paid channel on somewhere else. But share your message and moss. Like these mega churches that supported a Donald Trump who's not a Christian calling him ordained by God. Guess what? Instead, they should have stayed home 
Could you imagine like all those mega churches on TV staying home and instead just stepping back and going, none of us voted because we didn't find one person worthy, worthy of our cause, worthy of, of our pen to paper. And instead, you guys can go and try to destroy this country and you can try to do anything. But we believe God's bigger than that. We believe that, that this thing is bigger than that. We don't need to play in your divisive arena. Now that's a statement. That's a statement right there. And for the people who don't believe, guess what? You get to make the same statement. If you don't like either candidate, you just get to step back with your large group and go, this is bullshit. We're going to move forward without you. We're just going to move forward without you. And we're going to work on local politics. And we're going to do a grassroots movement that's going to fuck you two ways to Tuesday. You know why? Because we believe. We believe in what we know. And until we get the right people in the political office to move forward, we're not going to do this. Now, what does all this have to do with Remo Williams? You're like, huh, what does it all have to do with Remo Williams? Well, let me tell you what it has to do. One, this guy is starting a fire with his fingers rubbing them on a stick, and he's going to blow some shit up. It's fucking awesome. I mean, dude, when you can rub a stick with your fingers, and then it starts a fire, and it's going to blow this Jeep up, and this guy, is he dying? I think that guy finally dies. But... What does this have to do? Well, absolute power absolutely corrupts. And when you watch this movie and you see the, 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 the private government agency that brought him in to meet the other private government agency that didn't bring him in because they didn't get to him fast enough. When you see all that, when you see that breaking down, you go, man, who was held accountable and who wasn't held accountable? Well, here's what was held accountable and here's what wasn't held accountable. Come on, Remo. Get there. Get on that boat. Look at him. He's got all his shoulder pads are gone now. Boom, boom. Get out of there. Come on. You got to get out of there. Oh, no. You are fucked, buddy. Remo, you can't beat that whole army. But listen, there's just there's a lack of, of, of accountability and, uh, and capabilities, right? There just was. And in that lack, it created this problem. And in creating this problem, what happens? Right? You gotta create Remo Williams. You gotta create a problem to solve a problem. You gotta hide a government agency to hide a government agency. You gotta do it. And it's just the crazy part. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie, though. We're at the end of the movie, and homeboy's like, get in that boat, son. I'm gonna run across the water. Look at him. Look at him. And everyone just drops their guns. They're like, this little fucking ninja is running across the water. That's how light his feet are. Boom, 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 boom. He's running across the water. Who doesn't want to run across the water? You stop your nonsense. If you don't think you want to run across the water, you're crazy. Come on, let's go. You have very light feet. Very light feet. And with all those guys with M16s, it's like, come on, bitch, get in the boat. Listen, we're going to fuck some shit up. And they are not there. Are they going to, she is going to let him drive away? She's going to let him drive away. It's Remo Williams, man. Dirty ass water. All that brown shit in that water. Ma'am, oh, that's right, she's a major. I think a major, major, what are we doing? She's like, I just saw the most awesome thing, and then I think I'm pregnant. I think Remo Williams might have made me pregnant. Pretty sure I'm pregnant. It's amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while since the solo podcast. That's Remo Williams. This is Talking During Movies. That's my two-hour beer-fueled rant. I cannot thank my friend Vanessa enough. You rock and roll with the Montana beers. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget Colorblind Designs. And uh, yeah, we're going to be recording from Dive Bar this Thursday. It's going to be a fun one. 
Uh, we might do goon. We might do over the top. I haven't quite decided yet. We're going to do something. We're going to have some fun. But now, your favorite part of the podcast, where my daughter sings about the first time she took a poop. Love you guys. Be good. Bye. Ha! Ah.